0: I want to introduce you to melinda kroski many of you know melinda she's uh an elder in our church she's a trustee in our congregation or for our congregation and i was trying to think melinda how many years have you been part of greenwich when did you guys first
1: come here probably 29 years 29 years as Mm -hmm. part of the
0: greenwich community Mm -hmm. so raised her family here i got to see her Mm -hmm. kids come up through youth group which was really fun and um, uh, if, if you, and she's going to join me up front, because and you'll find out why in a few minutes. Um, she's going to share a little bit of her story. But um, first really got to know Melinda well. She was an elder in the church. And do you remember back in 2008, there was like an economic downturn <laughs> in the economy? Anybody recall that season? And everybody was sort of wide-eyed. And our church, um, one of the ways we responded, and the elders were already kind of talking about, how do we help people? around financial discipleship and we did a weekend seminar and it was like one of the first things that I was in charge I was brand new I came in 2007 it was one of the first things I was kind of in charge of and we did a weekend seminar with Mm -hmm. one of my friends actually from seminary Nick Dusenberry uh, the dues we called (laughs) him and uh, he came and did just kind of a weekend seminar about budgeting and finance from a (laughs) biblical perspective how do you handle money well and Melinda, you were part of that class, mm-hmm. and something happened in the midst of that. Can you talk a little bit about how you kind of got excited about sure. yeah. financial so, discipleship?
1: Um, my job is, I, am, I work in FPNA, which is financial planning and analysis, so that's what I do for a living. Um, but I think that you know, when you're managing someone else's money, it's a different thing than mm. when you're managing your own money, mm. um, and so yeah, I was an elder. I was a new elder too, I believe, in 2008, and the head of the stewardship committee, which in 2008 was probably a little scary. One of the toughest years um, for that school, yeah. yeah. So so the class came up. I think It was called common sense budgeting and seminar or workshop or something like that. So I went to the class and learned a lot about you know how God would have us manage money and. Um, you know, what he entrusts us with. And so, you know, went through the class and did a lot of thinking about it. And I think Don maybe approached me and said, would you mind maybe doing something, you know, we could have like a little class of just, uh, you know, ongoing class. And I said, sure, I'll 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 do some research and things. And so I read a book called Total Money Makeover, and it's by Dave Ramsey. And we decided to do something called Financial Peace University. And it was, at the time, a 13-week class. And it was really exciting. Um, and a lot of people signed up for it. And that's kind of how I got started into um, financial mentoring, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a student, for sure, uh, during that time. So I learned a lot. And um, that was 15 years ago, believe it or not. We say 2008. We're like, oh, yeah, that, that was not long ago. Well, that was 15 years ago. That was a yeah. long time ago.
0: Yeah. So. And yeah. we've done a number of those classes since. And Melinda has been a real help to individual people along the way, too, with, as she mentioned, kind of mentoring. So uh, last number of weeks, we've been talking at a kind of a high philosophical level around money, and last week was a little bit of that coming out of the book of Proverbs. This week, we're going to kind of pivot and talk about just some very practical things that Melinda's learned, that we've learned, that that are in Scripture, and none of it's going to come as as a surprise, is my guess, to many of you, Um, but it's a helpful reminder of what it takes to actually handle money in a wise uh, and thoughtful way. And then we'll pivot back around to this idea of financial freedom. You know, the class, I think, was Financial Peace University, but this idea that there's, can you be free from the grip that the pursuit of money has on you? And that's really uh, the question. And the answer is yes, but there's some ways to kind of get there. So let me pray for us, and then I want to read some scripture, okay? Lord, thank you so much uh, for this day and Uh, the opportunity to come to your word once more and we as we lift up scriptures from the book of proverbs and talk about money we pray that you'll be our guide uh, that you will help us to see and understand um, very simple truths but important truths about our lives and um, pray that you'll give us insight into where we might need to change and redirect and uh, may it all be honoring and glorifying to you in jesus name we pray amen so there are some biblical truths from proverbs that are, that are very practical, and financial freedom comes from trusting in God's goodness, but then also practicing life in a wise way. So it's one thing to say you believe something, and then another thing to actually put into practice the things that are, that are out there. So one of the first things that's taught in Scripture around wisdom is not going to come as a surprise to anybody, and it's the importance of hard work, the importance of hard work and integrity. Um, there's no substitute for working diligently over a lifetime. And so if one proverb that speaks to this is uh, Proverbs 13:11, says, "...dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow." And when it says dishonest money there, it's not just dishonest as in lying, although that is definitely a part of what's being communicated there, but notice the second half of it. The contrast is, he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. It's talking about dishonesty as, a, as, a, as, it, as it relates to trying to bypass hard work, trying to cut corners or um, get rich quick or get get to some kind of financial prosperity through sort of cheating the system, you know? That's what it's describing here. So skipping hard work or shady dealing doesn't actually ever work. And, and I'm reminded of things like, um, you know, gambling. Yeah, playing the lottery, sort of. I'm not saying it's it's never okay to buy a lottery ticket or something like that, but to rely on that—that's my financial plan—is that eventually I'm going to hit it big. That is not wise financial stewardship. But there are people who live their lives that way. I can recall um, driving up to Virginia Tech. Um, there was this one gas station that me and my friend always used to stop at in Danville, Virginia. And it was called Ma Hollins, Ma Hollins. (laughs) And uh, it was across the border. North Carolina didn't have a lottery. Virginia did have a lottery because they're progressive. Way to go, Virginia. So uh, at Ma Hollins, there was a whole restaurant set up, but they didn't serve any food. It was just lottery tickets. Oh, wow. And it was was striking to me, and it was at that point that I kind of made a deal with myself not to go that route because I saw folks who clearly were hoping and praying that they would finally hit it big and that was going to be the plan. That's not the way to build financial wealth. It comes from hard work and it comes over the long haul. It's not something that happens really quick. So, um, there's no substitute for a character, but that's one's kind of obvious, right? Mm -hmm. The the diligent hands bringing hard work. Don't cut corners and try to get rich quick. Don't click on the clickbait ads that said, do you want to work for two hours from home and make a a six-figure income every year? Yeah. Don't click that bait, Mm -hmm. all right? That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. But, there are some other things you can do. So, the second point has to do with discipline and patience. Mm -hmm. Um, Proverbs twenty-one twenty says in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil but a foolish man devours all he has there's a tendency we have to spend naturally when we take money in mm-hmm. we spend it out but there's wisdom from the Proverbs that says something different than that what are some things right. you've learned about right. pursuing wisdom so, this way um,
1: well doing Financial Peace University was kind of an eye-opener for me because you know people th- There are two kinds of people, usually. Um, The nerd, who likes to make spreadsheets and plan everything out, and then there's the free-spirited person that likes to have fun. Um, I'm not the fun one, just saying. Um, My husband is the fun one, (laughs) the free spirit. Um, I'm the spreadsheet planner and all of that, but there's a balance. Um, But one thing that was really important that I learned was uh, financial planning is really 80% discipline and 20% knowledge. It's not about what you know, it's about what you do. And that, in that class, we had like a lot of, um, it was kind of like a support group. So when you met with people, they were all in different stages. Um, You know, some older, some younger, some just starting, some have been through everything and they had a lot of experience. Um, And it was really nice to see that kind of mix of people Mm -hmm. and help each other in how they can stay disciplined in Mm budgeting and saving and just it's it's a marathon not a sprint mm-hmm. and learning that just what you said you don't get rich quick now I will say I have bought lottery tickets just confessing that year not as a that's what I do but you know a people in the office hey let's all buy a lottery ticket together it's like okay fine do that but that's not a plan you know the plan is what you do in hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's what I learned and that it's not, that I am a manager of something that God gave me. It's not, you know, this is my money, look what I did, look how hard I worked. Well, those things are true, I did work hard, um, but I got them because God gave them to me. And Mm -hmm. I I consider it a, um, it's my responsibility to manage that well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs about um, saving uh, for the future and things like that, so you know it's not wrong to save for your retirement and and prepare yourself in that way. Um, and so I learned a lot in that too. That yeah. you know it's it's okay to save money for retirement. Yeah. Um, you do work hard, and then once you are you know older, um, you have money to rely on. Then yeah. and God, I mean, you really that is the the end of the day. It's about your heart and how your heart is oriented toward money.
0: Right. Right. If you can understand that the money comes from god in the first place that everything we have is really a blessing that's been given to us then when you receive it you have this responsibility this sort of burden to carry it and and to do that responsibly Um, one of the great proverbs uh, in chapter six six through eight i love this metaphor go to the ant you sluggard isn't that great (laughs) consider its ways and be wise it has no commander no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest." And that is that just reality that it's not hard to understand that you have to save in order to have flexibility when the hard times come. Ants are pretty much the least intelligent (laughs) thing out there, right? And yet they understand this. Why are we as humans so <laughs> drawn toward ignoring that very simple practical thing that you... And I think some of it comes from... A, um, uh, this This is a, an agricultural metaphor as much as it is an insect metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us are disconnected from the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's actually some real wisdom from the, um, the agricultural farming community where you're dependent on the weather and what time of year it is for when you have an abundance and when you don't there's a there's a wisdom about saving that comes when you're more connected so you know Greenwich has sort of been insulated in some ways and has this wisdom embedded just because it's in a farming community Mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the interesting things about it so Mm -hmm. um, you know the next thing so that that one is is very simple Uh, practicing wisdom means discipline that means very simple budgeting knowing where your money's going to go And it also means saving. It means there's patience required in order to develop uh, resources over the long haul, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, The third uh, point that we wanna make has to do with avoiding debt. The problem with borrowing money. Melinda, Mm -hmm. why is getting rid of debt so Mm -hmm. important? I mean, I remember back from financial peace, Mm Uh, And and there was uh, an illustration that they did in one of the videos where it showed a gazelle Mm -hmm. running away from, I think it was like a cheetah or something like that, and like skittering all over the place. Mm -hmm. And he was reading uh, Proverbs 6 Mm -hmm. about running away from, or or trying to escape from debt Mm -hmm. uh, as this gazelle was running away, and the gazelle got away from the cheetah. Mm -hmm. It was a powerful metaphor at the time, but why is avoiding debt such an important
1: Well, you know, debt is risk, so um, there are people that will argue that debt is good, um, Mm -hmm. but debt is risk. So anytime you enter into risk, you're basically pledging your earnings, your future earnings, not your current earnings, but your future earnings to someone else. So you are a servant at that point. (laughs) Until that debt is relieved, you are then a servant to whoever you owe the money to, whether it be you know, a car loan, a student loan, a mortgage, um, you know, whatever, whatever kind of loan, or borrowed from a friend. Either way, you are a servant to that person until that is paid. Hmm. So that's why it's, uh, you know, people talk about the math of things, and there is math. To financial planning but when you look at the math sometimes people say oh well my mortgage you know I'm getting 2% on my mortgage and I can put it in a savings account and get at 4% that's math but there's something psychological about it. Hmm. When, when you are in debt, you are indebted to someone. And so it's really important to free yourself from that bondage. And we talked about financial freedom. Hmm. Um, when you have financial freedom, you have the ability to make choices that you wouldn't make otherwise. So if you owe money to people, you may something may come along where you would love to give to someone or a, a need in the community in which you would love to do that, but you're indebted to someone else, so you don't actually have the money to be able to do that. Um, so that's why it's really important mm. to kind of free yourself from those chains of mm. debt.
0: A couple of Proverbs speak to this, and, and Proverbs is very strong on this aspect of wisdom, and I think Americans and maybe modern Western culture tends not to want to hear this, but what Melinda just said, uh, she's not the first person, Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. There's that language you just used yep. of, you know, you're indebted, when you're indebted to somebody, you're in a sense, they're your master, You're the, yep. you're the yep. servant to them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Proverbs 22 also speaks to this, do not be a man. Who strikes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts? If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. Right. So there's a practical wisdom to just yeah. trying to avoid debt and then get rid of it when you have it. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Because you know you're you're in your mind saying in the future I'm mm-hmm. going to do this, mm-hmm. and you don't know your future for sure. You know mm-hmm. you may lose your job tomorrow. You may have a tragic. You know incident happen in which your wealth can disappear very quickly mm-hmm. and then you're still indebted to the person or mm-hmm. the institution so you know you have to think about those things you 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 do want there's it's kind of a weird balance because you're planning for the future however you don't know the future so
0: our economy is different than the economy of the bible
1: when is it okay to when is it is it right
0: to borrow i mean is there are there circumstances when it is good
1: in financial peace they talk a lot about that and and one of the big principles in financial peace is like the second step is to get rid of all your debt except your mortgage they say that's a different step down the line a little bit um but if you need to borrow for a mortgage the the general rule of thumb then is um no more than 25% of your income, um, you know, less than 15 years. The goal is to pay it off quickly and get mm. it done as soon as possible. Um, but that's really, in financial peace, anyway, that's really the only time they say it's okay. Yeah. you know, People rely on credit cards a lot of time for emergencies. So they're like, oh, I never use my credit card. It's just here in case of an emergency. Well, the thing is, if you don't have a credit card, then your emergency fund becomes cash. You have to save. For an emergency right. or save to buy something. Right. Um, so people have this false sense when they put their trust in a credit card. Or, right. So or it whatever. forces discipline. It does force yeah. discipline. Yeah. yeah. So really the only time they talk about borrowing is is a mortgage for 15 years and, and the goal is to get out of it quickly. So mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. what your rate is. Gotcha.
0: So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about um, hard work and integrity. We talked about patience and discipline. We talked about avoiding debt, and then trying to get rid of debt that you currently have. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there's a lot more out there around yeah. biblical finance. And so we don't intend to teach a seminar that's, how many weeks is Financial Peace University? It's now nine
1: weeks. Nine and weeks. There's lots the, of different avenues. The and weekend things. seminar
0: was yeah. probably, you know, six Two, hours yeah. or so of yeah. time. There, there are some great resources out there. And so uh, I think up on the screen, and it's also these websites are in your bulletin. Th- there are lots of organizations out there that do this kind of thing. A couple that we have found to be helpful, um, one is uh, Dave Ramsey, you mentioned, so Ramsey Solutions. Another is Crown Financial Ministries. We also have a, a video-based uh uh, curriculum on our, through our website called Right Now Media. That's available to anybody who's a member of Greenwich. So if you've never signed up for Right Now Media, regardless of whether you look at these resources, I'd encourage you to check it out. We have a number of videos and Bible studies from these organizations posted on our channel on Right Now Media right now. If you go there and go to where it says Greenwich Presbyterian Church, you'll see these pop up. If you want uh, some practical help in developing better, healthy financial practices, that would be a really good thing. And then there are some other sort of addendum things. Teaching your kids about financial stewardship. Absolutely. There's some information on there about that. Uh, leadership principles if you run a business. You know, that's another mm-hmm. example of a place where, mm-hmm. you know, borrowing money in our culture looks different yes. than, than maybe it did um, a while back. It may be necessary sometimes to borrow money mm-hmm. in order to start a business or keep a business going um so but some some ways to think biblically about how you handle um your money and then i think mm-hmm. that we maybe are going to do a course sometime yeah. in the fall we haven't worked out all the details but we're going to try to return we haven't done one since pre-covid
1: yeah really yeah. and
0: so we want to try to do another uh financial piece or some other similar course mm-hmm. in the fall so look for mm-hmm. information about that yep. coming down the road yep. um last scripture i want to read <clears throat> this is proverbs 11 24 through 28. Listen carefully to the Word of God. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. People curse the man who hoards grain, but blessing crowns him who is willing to sell. He who seeks good finds goodwill but evil comes to him who searches for it. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. I want to end by sort of returning us back to where we started this whole series. If you trust in financial security for your security in life, you have missed the wisdom that Scripture has to offer around these issues. Financial uh, health and financial wisdom is good. Hard work is good. Discipline is good. Patience is good. Avoiding debt is good. These practices are essential, but they are not enough by themselves. A change of heart is actually required. You can't just practice financial discipline. There has to also be that starting point of trust in God there are plenty of people who budget and these these principles that we outline from Proverbs are not hard to figure out people throughout history have developed and accumulated a lot of wealth Mm -hmm. by working hard budgeting saving and avoiding debt right right? these are Mm -hmm. things that anyone can do biblical wisdom the starting point is I trust in God not in myself so if you really want financial freedom you have to trust God as the starting point, then live out these practices mm-hmm. and the freedom comes after that point because now you have accumulated and you have financial stability, Freedom, but mm-hmm. you don't need it for your security because you have a God and that leads to generosity and real financial freedom comes from having both things in place. I trust God and I know what to do with the blessings he've been, he's given me. Now, how can I be a blessing to others. other people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Melinda, I'm gonna give you the last word. How have you seen financial freedom lead to generosity or um, what, what do you see about about these truths that?
1: Um, well, going through the financial peace class again, yeah. I'm gonna go back to that, because it's a lot where a lot of my references are from, but um, the final baby step is to, after you've cleared all your debt, including your mortgage, everything, you have the freedom then to be a cheerful giver. So mm-hmm. we talk about being a cheerful giver. When you are indebted in all of that, you can give, but you're kind of begrudgingly because oh, I got to pay this and I got to pay that. When you are free, you have freedom and you can be a cheerful giver. You can be feel good about giving, um, and I think that going through all of that, there like there are different. Um, if you can open your mind to how many times or what you could give to. I mean, there are you may see a couple in need that are trying to adopt, but they don't have the money. You could pay for that. You know, if you are free to do whatever, you could pay for a full mission trip. You could pay for a lot of things um, for others or help others. Um, there's lots of needs in our community, um, and everyone has an affinity to some you know organization of of some sort. But you would be free to do whatever you would like. Um, one thing that I will say is. Um, you know, we talked about the word wealthy, and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means wealthy, you mm-hmm. know, you are well, yeah. and you can help others be well as well. Um, so I think for me, that's that's where I, it, it's about getting your heart right, not necessarily getting your ducks in a row with, you know, where you're planning and all that. That is, like I said, my world. That's what I do for a living. But the, the thought that, you know, you have to be well in your heart. Yeah as opposed to be well on paper um, and and rely on God and not your own wisdom.
0: Yeah, because you can get all your ducks in a row. Yep. But if you don't have open hands at the end of it, where you recognize that everything you have comes from God Mm -hmm. and then is offered back to him, Mm -hmm. then you miss out on the freedom and you end up being more tied to your money than you were when you didn't have any in the first place, right? right. Because your Mm -hmm. security is bound up in um, your financial wealth. All right. Mm Well, let me close in prayer, and I'll read this final proverb as the way to to do that. 23, 4, and 5. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Lord, we um, pray that we will see what we have been given for what it is, um, it is blessing from you to be used to help us to live, um, to help us to be well, to be healthy, but also to be generous and, and to help other people too. And so we pray that you would give us the wisdom to know how to handle um, whatever blessing you give us. And we pray that you'll uh, give us hearts that are oriented toward you, that trust in you first and foremost, that we, uh, we fear the Lord alone and nothing else. And so we are able to live our lives Um, uh, trusting you and and being generous to people around us. So we give you all all the glory, Lord, and pray that you'll use this this time and the times ahead to help us to understand even more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In response...